podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on Anfield Index Pro, podcasting to you from my very cold field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Manchester City 1, Liverpool 1 in the Premier League from the Etihad are Dave Hendrick and Harry Sethi. Um, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback at the, um, the sort of uh, reactions and the contrast in them and wondering how wrong I am in my opinions because I'm seeing people who said, and I quote, that they had a lovely time watching the game someone else saying that they couldn't believe the high standards on display um it was so so high um and they all seem to have had a mighty afternoon um and very very pleased with everything i'm not high on that performance at all i found it very frustrating throughout uh, maybe i'm just being miserable old coot what's your immediate reaction to snatching a draw there in what looked like it was a game that was going away from us yeah i agree with you like it's one of those where you're really happy with the result because to go to the Etihad against quite clearly the best team in the country, the team that have won three league titles in a row and a team that will win, barring a series of unlikely events, a fourth league title in a row, uh, to go there and get a point is, is a good result. It's a great outcome for us. But the outcome is one thing. The process of getting there is another. I didn't think we played well. I didn't think they played particularly well either they were better than us on the day but we had a lot of poor performances I thought in our 11 a couple of the subs that came on didn't make the impact that you would have wanted we were quite sloppy far too often in the first half especially Um, if you look at all of their early chances they had three chances in the first half they all came from Liverpool mistakes and that's just something that we need to cut out. But the positive to take from that is we know we can play a lot better than that. And yet we still went there and got a point. Uh, the game itself was not of a high standard. So people saying that are just waffling utter nonsense and trying to pretend that they've just witnessed. Like, I don't know, the Sistine Chapel of football. It's just it's not true. It was not a particularly good game, but there was some good patches from both sides. But in the end, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a damp squib of a game. And overall, we're just going to have to be very happy with the draw. Yeah, result and result only for me. Um, the highlights, I found few and far between. One of them was at the end and it's gone under the football as such. Um, and then, you know, I, again, I was taken aback at um, a couple of a couple of things as well that I noticed. And Harry, I might as well go to you on this to start your immediate mm. reactions. And you might just spin, spin your opinion on this before you give me your overall. Um, you see Trent getting handed the man of the match award. And I, I honestly, at halftime, I, I, I was of the opinion that the lad was offering 
nothing. I don't know that aside from that wonderful goal, which is absolutely world class in its execution, the type of thing you want to see from him all the time, maybe he'd be free to do it if he was constantly playing in one specific position and not two. Um, I, 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 I think that was that really summed it up for me um, the afternoon that you're hand, handing him the man of the match award because I'm, I'm struggling. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought he, he made a few good challenges um, in the second half, but you know, really struggled in the first against Doku. Um, it just kind of summed up where I was in terms of where I was rating things as opposed to where everyone else seems to have been in their very, very um, uh, rose-tinted glasses of what a wonderful spectacle we just watched. Sure, yeah. I, mean, I, I, think, I think the Trent Man, the Match Award, is the sort of classic sort of example, right, of Sky Sports or whoever you're watching it through. Um, you know, the, the impact that a goal or an assist, for example, might or a, a goal-saving save, for example, can, can sometimes have um, on on who they give the award to. Um, I, I'd say I probably wasn't as down on Trent's performances as you're suggesting that. I, I do think that the, what what he had to deal with today um, in terms of the challenge that you see from Silver and, and certainly Doku um, is is up there with probably one of the biggest challenges you, you're going to face as a right back who, who plays as an ordinary right back, let alone what we've seen Trent do this season. So actually, I thought it was it was going to require a balancing act from him today. I don't think he completely got it right, and he's got lucky on a few occasions not to be punished for for being beaten by Doku because he's, he's obviously a fantastic dribbler. I'd uh, probably suggest there are very few who are going to do sort of deal with him well one v one, given the way he's got that explosive pace off a off a standing start that we almost similar to what we used to see Mane do to people right at times. But very, 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 really reminded me of Sadio today, like vintage Sadio. Uh, so good. I mean, there's there's definitely a sense of like there's doing a few step overs when he probably doesn't need to, but I think he just he's got this ability to do them mid dribble, which is is quite scary. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I thought Trent. I mean, I personally probably would have given it to Bernardo Silva as much as I sort of detest the detest the guy. I thought he was excellent. <laughs> Today um, and he's, he's excellent against Liverpool far too often for my liking. Um, that um, somehow funded move to Barcelona. I hope it happens uh, as soon as possible. To be honest, because I yeah would like to see the back of him uh, from from the Premier League. But yeah, the overall my overall sort of assessment of the game, I would have liked. Um, I think whenever you play um, sort of the, the side who you think is probably the strongest in the league, um, you, you want to put a good account of yourself out there, not only for the game itself, just to sort of you know, let them know that they've got a, a contender for the title, but also you know, instills belief in you and you know, shuts up some rival fans across the league. So, yeah, a bit disappointed that they couldn't be you know, show more of the bite, more of the dynamism and sort of more of the decisiveness that we've seen from the Liverpool attack this season certainly but I, I did have low expectations I have to say not to like not to excuse too much of it by the 12:30 start but I do think you by the end of the game you can see a lot of very subpar performances particularly from a couple of those who played a lot of football during that break doesn't excuse it I think some of the passing could have been better but yeah if this game was on a Sunday evening I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you you would have had a more like high quality affair like we've seen against these two between these two sides in the past but yeah end of the day I, I, I think a result uh, a draw like this is 
is useful. Um, it's the games against City. Uh, it's just the most important thing is to not lose those games. Win them if you can, of course. Um, but I do think there's, there's still somewhat of a gap between us and them, obviously. So, yeah, happy with the draw in the end. Uh, and um, yeah, happy with the, the 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 Darwin, shall we say, sort of theatrics post post match, and also uh, Trent uh, obviously trying to uh, shush uh, sort, sort of a nice chunk of that uh, of that stand. I mean, if you've not seen the photo of them all flipping him off, probably a nice one to get framed, I think, and uh, put on your wall for this Christmas. <laughs> Big Christmas cheer. Yeah, I, I, there's so many reasons why, why you, you got to be delighted with the result. And one of the main ones for me is that the uh, hideously, depressingly predictable um, uh, Haaland versus Nunes narrative was all Drury could talk about for the whole game. Um, it was inevitable that the pundits at halftime would talk about it as well. Big fan, big fan of Dan Sturridge doing his Anakin Walker, uh, Anakin Skywalker impression. Um, whatever that um, outfit he had on was tremendous. Um, I, I love to hear him talk about football, but you could you just knew that was coming, and at least it, we were rescued or saved a little bit from that. As you say, we'll we'll get to Darwin at the end of the match um, and his uh, confrontation with Guardiola, which. It's always lovely to see. And Dave, the Liverpool team, as they went out today, um, was different to what I would have hoped. And yet, I think, quite predictable and would have been the predicted lineup for a lot of people. Um, Canate misses out um, today uh, and Matip's in. That was a worry for me. Um, Simic has started. To be fair, I thought he had a solid enough afternoon. Um, I was hoping for Joe. Gomez there and again an awful lot of people will raise eyebrows at that um, McAllister, Sabozley and Jones was the trio that I think everybody expected uh, Salah, Nunes and Jota was probably the trio most people expected I was hoping for Diaz instead of Jota um, when you look at the bench though and again this is assuming that most of these players are, are, are robust enough to come onto the pitch we don't know if Kanate was or wasn't because he wasn't called on um, or Gomez for that matter but we had Endo featured Diaz featured Gakbo featured Elliot Gravenberg all came on it is a strong looking bench Dave um, and I suppose there is something to be said for having strength to spring from the bench when you're playing against p- opponents as strong as City yeah for sure I mean I was with you. I didn't didn't really like the the defensive lineup, but I was hoping we'd go a lot more solid. I was sort of hoping for four at the back, four in midfield, and two up front. Put Trent as one of the four midfielders, either on the right with Alexis and Curtis in a double pivot, or in the middle with ideally Curtis and Alexis shifting to, to one of the wider roles as he plays for Argentina, bringing Joe Gomez at right back, and I, I would have liked to have seen Ibu, but the decision not to start Ibu sort of did make sense because he obviously hadn't played the couple of games before the international break, so asking him to come in cold against Haaland is, is a bit of a a bit of a big one. And to be fair to Joel, I thought barring their goal, I thought Joel was excellent today. Uh, he had one moment in the second half, literally just before their goal, where he was very lazy in a 1v1 with Doku. But aside from that, I thought he was excellent. I thought Costas at left back had a very good game, especially defensively. Going forward, he didn't get much opportunity. But defensively, I thought he did really well against Phil Foden. But Virgil was very good. Trent was the mixed bag defensively. I think he got dribbled past seven times in the game, which isn't good. But 
they didn't lead to anything. And that's the sort of positive of it, is that the Doku dribbles didn't lead to anything. The thing I would criticise Trent for defensively is their goal and how easy Aki got past him. In possession, I thought Trent was a bit of a mixed bag as well. Some of the passing was good. Sometimes he just wanted him to take a bit more care with the ball. Um, but the goal, you mentioned it, the goal is absolutely incredible. It's it's just, it's a world-class bit of play um, by Mo, by Trent. And I want to highlight Cody Gakpo on that when we get to the goal as well. The midfield, it was the right three to pick. Curtis was the right choice. He was utterly dreadful, though. That's about as bad as I've seen Curtis play for us. And the decision to hook him was the right decision as well. Um, Alexis was okay. I mean, he passed the ball fairly well. Gave it away cheaply a couple of times in the first half just by sort of holding on to it a little bit too long and getting it taken off him. He didn't give it away. They kind of took it off him. But still, that's a little bit of a concern. And Dominic, I thought, struggled to really get into the game, just with, with the flow of the game. The front three, uh, if Mo wants to come out of Nathan Aki's pocket any time now, that would be nice. Darwin seems to have left his, his shooting boots in South America. And we'll hope that Diogo Jota, along with Allison, isn't too badly injured. But he didn't have a particularly good game either. So, you know, I didn't mind the team. It wasn't what I was hoping he would go with, but I could see the logic in pretty much all of it. It it just it didn't really work, which is why he had to make five substitutions. Whereas the other fella who didn't have as strong a bench, it must be said, uh, but didn't make any substitutions. And when when he cribs and cries about not having the options on the bench, Calvin Phillips cost fifty million, John Stones cost fifty million, uh, Gomez cost ten, Guardiola cost eighty odd, Oscar Bob and Rico Lewis are, are two of the most talented young players in in England. So um, I know Oscar Bob is Norwegian, but he plays in England. Um, like he did have options and he didn't go to them, whereas we had to go to them. We had to go to our bench to make changes. And I think when you have to make five changes in, in a game, it, it does sort of indicate that you're not happy with how things have gone. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, 100%. And it felt like we constantly were trying to inject that um, high tempo intensity that we spoke about and everyone spoke about in all the shows and the build up to this. We've been a long time waiting for it. We had, inverted commas, the blueprint for how to go at these. And it was by going at them. Uh, and yet we resolutely failed to do that for the most part. And when we did do it, um, there was a tentativeness about the shooting from uh, our number nine. And there was an awful 
awful lot of tentativeness about all the flank play as well. An infinite amount of misplaced pullbacks and crosses and stuff like that. It was quite frustrating. And uh, Harry, uh, Dave mentions the comparative comparative considering the uh, absurd amount of money that they've spent comparative sort of just lack of um, uh, options available that Pep will certainly be speaking about from his bench and just to look at how they lo- uh, lined up today and whether or not it was exactly as you were um, expecting following rival recon um, it is a ridiculously strong looking team that they, they managed to kick off with Ederson Walker Kanji and Diaz and Aki um, um, who, as I think again, Dave rightly said, did quite a number on Mo from, for the most part. Rodri, Bernardo, Doku, Foden, Alvarez, Haaland is how that team finishes out. And I'm deliberately not putting any shape on that because they are a very fluid side. They do have that ability to interchange positions, to keep the ball, to retain the ball. And we did our tactic of inviting them on. Um, how many times is your heart in your mouth as we were siding it between um, Verge and, and Joel and, and Ali and back again, uh, looking to, you would think, theoretically spring some sort of a break, open up some kind of space. But it just didn't really happen. Those long balls weren't on. That's where you would love to see Trent Diags or Virgil Diags um, into a bit of space. But we couldn't seem to find the space for our for our flankers that Doku had in abundance. So you'd have to say he did very well um, in terms of the way he lined up against us today with the personnel that he lined up against us with. On their bench, they had Ortega, Carson, Phillips, Stones, Gomez, Guardiol, Bob and Lewis. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts mm. on how City went um, uh, tactically and whether you were expecting that um, following your show. Yeah, I have to say, not not too many surprises. Um, maybe a few doubts as to sort of the the fitness of a few of those players who, for City, uh, played a lot of minutes in the, in the international break. I think, I think the fact that Akanji ends up playing what the whole ninety again after playing all three games uh, during the international break was pretty pretty remarkable. Said a lot about his fitness levels. I thought he had a good game as well to be honest on the whole. Um, yeah, Grealish is 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 out at the moment. Uh, he's obviously been dovetailing every now and then um, with Doku, I suppose. And yeah, there's probably a, a feeling around could, could Grealish have started to maybe offer them a little bit more control. Um, in the end, I think sort of how they set up it was. Um, I was quite impressed to be honest in terms of the the spacing some of the defensive uh, discipline yes it was a little bit to do with us and how tentative we were in the final third uh, I thought we didn't really stretch them as much as we would have liked to or we've seen in these kind of games in the past but I think there were, there, there were a lot of a lot of a, a lot of good work in combinations I think between them that we saw to the sort of Walker doing a lot of cleaning up when other people needed help as we often see from the Olympic sprinter Ake Diaz like um, combining well Rodri as, as as we've sort of been used to seeing so no major surprises in the I mean if, if you look at who's actually available to them, as you were saying I mean we're not expecting Scott Carson to start this fixture we're not expecting Calvin Phillips to to start a fixture anytime soon I imagine given sort of his, his his uh, um, time at City. Guardiol perhaps was maybe one of the questions around would he start this game. Uh, I think he's an option that we've seen from City so far and Stones is clearly not fit. I think despite being on the bench wasn't really ready to 
be involved today. So the team does make sense. It, it is a logical one uh, when you look across the pitch. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of quality there. There's a lot of fluidity there, as you said. Um, I mean, Doku on his own is a difficult proposition for, for most fullbacks, but the way in which he dovetails with, with Silva, who drifted over there plenty of times as well, is yeah, quite frightening to deal with um, on many occasions. So, yeah, I don't think there are many surprises in the City lineup, but that's because perhaps um, yeah, the, those options aren't necessarily there at the moment with a couple of key absences. Obviously, De Bruyne are not any part of this early early season showing from them as well. So I suppose a little bit thankful that he's not involved as well because he's obviously a huge uh, asset for them. So, yeah, not, not too many surprises there, but I thought what you could see from this yes it's an early kickoff yes there was probably a lack of like top sort of sharpness from both sides I think but they looked much the sharper much clearer I'd say on sort of what the game plan was and like yes a little bit profligate in the final third but up until then I thought they were um, quite coherent in what they were doing and uh, yeah you can see why they are who they are and why they're, why they're so often at the top of the league I'm not sure Chris Cavillant warrants a ref watch of any sort. Um, no. We were fully expecting him to be adequate. Um, we know that our record in games where he referees is not that bad. In fact, it's actually quite decent. Um, he does have a tendency, like many of them do, to uh, get into a run of bad calls. But, I, I, you know, I saw, there were a few today. I just don't think it warrants any particular attention. It's just more of the same you'd like I would say Trev he does, he, he does seem to have uh, the same sort of specs as most of the refs in the league do when it comes to fouls on Mo Salah 100% brother yeah. 100% that's that's a really good but I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we did, it's, 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 do you know who also shares that opinion is Sky Sports Television because they didn't oh. show they didn't even show a replay of an occasion where Mo was pushed in the box no replay nothing yeah. just That's we just a fairly we just, cynical yellow card on him I think, I think that in the first sort of 10 minutes or so that, that yeah. someone someone got away with but yeah, uh, yeah. I, it, it, like I say, it just it just feels like it's a kind of inevitable thing. Uh, Dave, let's have a look at the first half up onto Haaland's goal and get your take on it. For me, it felt like we had a little bit of a foothold established just as they uh, got ahead of us in terms of our play. Um, there were a couple of Joel clearances from Doku and Silva in the very first minute. They came out with their tails up, um, getting at that side of our defence. Um Silva pulls a Harry Kane on McAllister after two minutes. And again, I don't know. That's a deliberate uh, thing. And uh, is it just because Harry Kane does it that we can't give yellow cards? I don't understand. Decent tracking back by Darwin on five minutes. Uh, it was good to see the energy levels from him looking good. Um I thought Trent did very well against Haaland uh, on seven minutes, a good win against him. Uh, Ali with the first of his little sloppy moments, he had a few on 10 minutes. He kicks the ball straight to Foden. Um, we're doing too much, I think, at that stage of the of the inviting on stuff. I, I, I'm never comfortable doing that. I don't like it. I, I think it's an admission of the dominance of the other team, which I, I'm never comfortable about with Liverpool, even if it is City. On 15 minutes, there is a chance. It's a great driving run by 
Joel off on one of his adventures. He lays the ball off to the right to Mo. He cuts in and crosses to Darwin. Darwin's header is decent. It's on target and it's a good save by Ederson. I saw some people um, critiquing Darwin's um, finish. I thought that was harsh. On 16, he's nearly in again. On 16 minutes, uh, a dom through ball plays him pretty wide left and he ends up hitting the side rigging. Again, he could have done better and got the shot, shot on target, got it between the posts at least. Um, but it was a, an improvised quick effort as he's kind of fallen off balance on um, his left foot. I thought Simicus did really well then to launch a counter. Um, and uh, Dominic Sabozlai has a left footed shot that's blocked. And again, on a different day, that doesn't get blocked and it's lodged in the bottom right hand corner of the goal and we're ahead. Um, I, I'm thinking, you know, we're doing all right here. We've actually weathered that early storm. 21, however, Duck, who's at it again, he does Trent up pretty badly, pops in a very dangerous cross that leads to a corner. Um, Alvarez, I think, should probably have a yellow for stopping Mo Salah on a counter-attack in 23 minutes. Nothing given by Kavanaugh. And on 26, they go one up. It is Haaland. It's a, 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 a take by Ali. He sees Mo breaking in that classic style that we've seen a couple of times where Ali provides the assist with the perfect um, kick from the hand. He gets it all wrong. It drops around the middle of the park, uh, i.e. basically undercut it, um, and drops to Aki, who kills it well and starts moving forward. It's Aki. He beats Trent. He beats Dom. Goes back by both of them. He plays a ball into Haaland, who's positioned himself perfectly between Joel and Virgil, neither of whom are in a position to make a challenge. Uh, it's Haaland. He does what he does. He takes his touch and he hits towards the corner like the ruthless goal-scoring machine that he is. And again, it is going to sound controversial. On a different day, I think Ali's hand is strong enough to save that. How many times did we see it? We saw it in this bloody game. He stopped another shot later on. I think it was from Foden but in the bottom bottom corner. He has, he has that ability. But I think that shot, to be fair, is not executed with the clearest of finishes it seems to take a little bit of a bobble which probably does Ali your thoughts on the first 25-26 minutes up to that goal um, yeah, I think you've nailed most of it now like uh, the, the, the the thing that really wound me up was that that Bernardo Silva uh, challenge on, on Alexis as he jumps for that like that is dangerous play yeah, and we're going to have to get to the point where that starts to get punished. Uh, uh, Bernardo makes no attempt to play that ball at all. He has no interest in the ball. His sole attempt is to make sure that Alexis McAllister ends up in a heap on the ground. That's as dangerous as a late tackle that comes. Like, say, for example, the Curtis Jones sending off away to Spurs. What we saw from Bernardo there is more dangerous than what Curtis got sent off for. And we've seen that red card a couple of times this season. But yet players continually get away with this thing of backing into somebody and taking their legs out when they're up in the air. The potential outcomes from what Bernardo did to Alexis are far more severe than, say, for example, that Curtis on Basuma challenge. Mm. And yet it rarely gets punished. A free kick you might get. But you don't see even players getting yellow cards for it. And that should be an automatic yellow card. If you take someone's legs out when they're in the air, that is very, very dangerous. And that should be a yellow card. I agree with you as well on the Alvarez one. 
that's a blatant yellow card. All he's doing there is stopping a counter-attack. He has no intention of trying to play the ball. It's a cynical foul. And I think he would have been happy enough had he got a yellow. I think that's one where you, you make that foul knowing you're probably going to get booked. So they're the only two things I'd really hit Kavanaugh for today. I thought he actually did have a pretty decent game overall. Um, you're right. They started very well and, and they made it clear from the off. Like, we're attacking this side of the pitch. We're going at Trent. We're going at Matip. We're looking to exploit what we perceive to be the weakness in your team defensively. And it was a bit of a mixed bag. Like, they had some moments where they created some sort of half opportunities, nothing clear clear cut. Our lads won a couple of them. Matt had made one excellent stop on Doku right inside the penalty area. Did very, very well. I thought we switched the midfield quite early and Curtis went right side and Dom came left side. And Curtis was getting back to help Trent because it was clear that Trent was trying to show Doku down the left, down the outside, onto his left foot. And Doku wants to come back inside all the time. So by Curtis coming across, they were able to build a bit of a wall there and force him onto his left foot. Now, as it turned out, he had a bit of joy going uh, going left side anyway. So it's hard against a winger like that who is, like you guys mentioned earlier, he's he's quite Sadio-esque. That's why we wanted him originally. We Michael Edwards and Ian Graham and that group spotted him really early as this could be the guy when it's Sadio's time to move on. This could be the guy we want to bring in. Unfortunately, he wasn't willing to come in and play that type of squad role for three or four years waiting on an opportunity, which is fair enough for a young player. Um, Ali... Ali had me nervous from early on. Like that that first pass out to that, that Foden cut out, like that's really sketchy. And then Foden does him a favour because even the position Ali takes up, he leaves a big space to his left side between him and that post. And if Foden just cuts it into that corner, Ali's not getting there. As it was, Foden just hit a very weak shot and Ali made an easy save. But there was like a naivety to us. We were taking a few too many risks. You had that moment where Curtis couldn't find a pass to his right and turned around and played it back to Ali along the goal line. And Ali took a bit of a heavy touch and Haaland almost managed to get in. Those type of things, they were just a little bit naive and, and not not the type of thing you want to see in a game like that. And the goal is the same thing. I get what Ali's trying to do. I understand that's something that's worked for us before. But have a look and see who the nearest man to Salah is. It's Jeremy Doku, the one lad who's going to be able to keep pace with him and make it difficult for for Mo if you just punch that ball long beyond him. Chances are Doku could easily get to that first and knock it out of play. Yeah. So, you know, in that moment, because we'd gotten a bit of a foothold back in the game, because we'd started to make some chances, you just want him to just hold that ball and just relieve a little bit of pressure because... They've had that corner opportunity. They've had a couple of little moments before that. Just let's take a little bit of sting out of this. We're starting to get a foothold. Let's keep that. He slips as he goes to kick it. It's what happens. His left leg gives way. He slices the ball. And rather than putting it halfway into their box or halfway into their half, it lands halfway into our half. Um, it's, it's dreadful from Trent and Dominic. 
Like it, it's dreadful. Nathan Aki can't be driven past the two years. I'm sorry. No. You either need to tackle him or you need to foul him. That that's what needs to happen there. Um, Virgil. Virgil has Haaland. Haaland moves across Virgil onto Matip. Matip doesn't pick him. So Matip either doesn't know he's there because Virgil hasn't let him know or he doesn't have the awareness or he knows he's there, but he's too focused on the ball. Either way, it's not great. Ball gets to Haaland and Virgil just can't get across in time. So that's the only knock I'd have on the two centre-backs all game is I don't think they communicated well enough on, on that moment. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention was that chance for Darwin, the header. I don't think he could do any better because he's really stretching to get a flick to that. <laughs> I do just wonder if he leaves it. Does Matip get his head to it? Because Matip, having given the ball after that great little run you referenced, bursts into the box and Mo clips it across. And I, now maybe Diaz or whichever centre-back it was gets the clearing header. I don't know. But I do just wonder if if Darwin had left it does Matip get his head to it and maybe hit him coming on to it the way he was and meeting it with his forehead as opposed to the back of his head can put more power into it and direct it past the keeper. But again, maybe the defender makes the, the clearance. I just don't think Darwin could do much better. I'm not sure he could do any better on the other chance, either the left-footed one. I think Dominic probably should have just let fly and just hoped for the best, you know, hope it takes deflection and flies in because you're driving into their box yeah, there's a lack of space, but that ball to Darwin wasn't really on, and you've sent him really wide. What Darwin really should have done was taken a touch with his right foot and looked to, to recycle it so we could get another phase of attack. The shot was a bad decision because nobody's scoring from there. Nobody's scoring that opportunity. Even if they're a natural lefty, they're not scoring from there because you're running right to left and trying to cut the ball back on yourself with a defender behind you and the goalkeeper coming out there's no angle to score there's absolutely no way you're scoring from there the better thing for Darwin to do would have been to take a touch with his right foot and look for Costas or Curtis to recycle and, and start start over again hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I think that's absolutely fair and I was thinking about that Joel situation as well on the Darwin header and I kind of found myself actually going to a position of, of, of relief with it because we know Joel is famous he got a 50p head in those situations and it can bounce off in any direction when he's in front of goal so uh, but I do take your point and, and, and like I said I agree with you I don't, I don't think that was a, 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 a an easy chance I thought he did what he could do with it Harry the second half of that first half um, is 
I guess it's interesting. There are pl- there are plenty of incidents to talk about. We'll do that. We'll do that, and then we'll let you give it an overall assessment on the half if you like. Um, on thirty one, Doku gets yet another attempt um, to run out of stand the left. He cuts in past Trent again. He shoots. Um, Joel blocks well and goes out for a corner. And like Dave said, I would agree. I thought our centre halves were generally pretty solid, apart from when they let Haaland split them in that fashion on the goal. Um, there was a decent Darwin carry, which led to a chance after that. He played in Mo Salah, uh, who got kind of closed down. And when he did eventually get his feet right, his pullback was to nobody. It just felt like that was the way it was going for us in terms of the disjointedness of our attack. Um, at that point, Mo was shoved 34 minutes by a kanji in the box. That was the one I was referring to earlier on that Sky didn't even do a replay of. And to me, it looked like there was solid contact. The movement of Mo Salah was completely unnatural. It was like a spring away. It wasn't a dive. Um, so it was a shove, but we'll, ne- we'll never know unless you replay the match. Um, uh, Curtis lets Alvarez go, and we are so lucky. They're on a break. Curtis is tracking the run of Alvarez, and then he mm. just stops. He just stops and Alvarez gets into acres of space on the right hand side of our box and he just makes an absolute balls of a thank God or else Curtis is going to be getting absolute pelters from our fans. As it is, I feel sorry for him. He's going to get them anyway because he is a favourite target of a lot of people. Um, as Dave said, I thought it was absolutely the right decision to start him, but he just didn't do justice to uh, Klopp's faith on the afternoon. Um, there was a dangerous Dom ball in on 41 minutes, but they broke via Doku. Um, and Alvarez again uh, manages to, to 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 be wayward in his effort. Uh, I thought Joel did very well against Doku on 41 minutes and launched a counter attack for us. 43, Foden cut in. He did this a couple of times during the game. He drove a shot to the corner. This is the one I was referencing earlier. He was brilliantly tipped uh, away by Ali right in the corner, full stretch, uh, led to a corner for them. Uh, but the last attempt of the of the half was ours. It was uh, a Dominic Sabazlai ball forward which had Ederson kind of all over the place um, and, and, and kind of pawed and flapped the ball away and it's just again if there was a person in a more opportune position we have a fantastic opportunity there because they are all over the shop at that stage and then Chris Kavanagh adds one minute and it's all over so second half of the second half if you like first half overall if you like bit of both whatever you fancy yeah, there's not too much in there. I mean, I think City obviously posing more more of a threat in that in that first half. I could see what sort of, uh, we were trying to do in terms of trying to build our way into the game. I thought there were there was quite a lot of good composure shown from uh, well a few out there. I think you can see that there are there are a few players who again d- didn't look all together with it. Whether or not that's anything to do with the international break, whether it's to do with not playing for weeks as well, as I think probably sort of looked like um, was the case with Curtis, uh, did look like a player who hadn't, who hadn't played sadly and started for us for uh, for quite a while obviously since that sending off. So he's going to take a bit of time, you'd imagine, to to work back up to the form that we saw prior to that suspension. Um, hopefully, he gets there quick, but. Yeah, I just felt that um, despite sort of the composure, like, like, 
not on the ball because the passing was sloppy, but you, you could see us trying to take the sting out of the game a little bit, build attacks, but we're sort of really struggling to get the ball like through midfield at times. I, I was a little bit disappointed by sort of how the game passed to Bosch, um, to Bosch line, uh, by um, another game where I think you look at that um, midfield three and whilst we think it was the right one to have lined up with, a game where you'd yeah, probably like to have seen the likes of McAllister not given the job that he's currently doing for us. That's a recurrent theme that we come back to. Sort of imagine he would be more impactful elsewhere, um, but try and do the best job he he could in that role uh, and be conservative. Maybe that was why we didn't sort of I feel really attack them as as uh, as forthrighted as I would have liked to. I mean, people were discussing prior to the game that was the way to go at City. And Liverpool certainly had the ammunition, you would have thought, so the firepower to, to do that. But I just felt we were a bit too tentative. Both of you have mentioned it in, in, in the final third. Um, on occasion, as as David said, I mean, like if there is not a better pass on, do what Frank Lampard made his career doing. Hit it low and hard at the goal. And lo and behold, you, you might get some luck out of that, especially when you do strike the ball as cleanly as a couple of our players now do. So Boschlai, I mean, Gakpo came on later, a couple of them, but yeah, I was a bit sort of disappointed by sort of how uh, a few of our forwards um, neglected to shoot, uh, sort, of, sort of tried to build um, maybe the perfect goal or like an even more precise uh, sort of move that was going to cut through City and it all typically sort of fell apart on the final ball if not before that Darwin I mean we've spoken about his progress this season and the way in which he's clearly doing a lot more of what the manager wants him to do I thought there were a number of occasions today where you you could see the tracking back you could see the pressing you could see the head up looking to see you know are there other players who I can who I can pass to uh instead of just lashing it at the goal Ironically, on occasion, lashing it at the goal very hard probably would have been the option we want we wanted him to uh, to take um, because I think there was a, a real lack of actual bite in our attack at the end. But yeah, I thought I'm lucky. I thought to actually go in behind. I mean, I, I, I think as you've sort of both discussed, um, but discussed, sorry, that that goal comes about due to our errors rather than them really carving us open. Um, Ake just ca- cannot be allowed to um, proceed the way in which he did. He needs to be brought down. So was really disappointed by that. Considering we've seen Sabosh be cynical, we've seen Trent you know, be cynical when he needs to be, and it was just a bit. It was just careless to to allow that to to happen so yeah I didn't feel too negative um, like to be going in one down at half time I felt I felt as though we could have been punished more had City sort of you know, been a little bit more ruthless in the final third but I still didn't feel feel like I felt at the Etihad um, or, or watching a game of the Etihad in previous seasons I mean last season certainly nowhere near that bad uh, and even um, even the game beforehand, I think maybe a couple seasons ago, where where Sadio scores a goal to get as an equaliser uh, straight after the break. Actually, um, I remember like getting to half time in that game and thinking we <laughs> we're very lucky not to be three or four down here. So yeah, disappointed in our lack of bite more than anything. I think that's entirely fair. Um, as a summary, that last sentence in particular. Um, 
Dave, the second half starts and you're, you're expecting, I think we're all expecting that we're going to have a little bit more sort of um, energy about us, that there might be all, you know, the cliched halftime um, sort of jolly up, rocket up the arse, whatever way you want to put it, that it's going to be a thing that might happen. Uh, you know, nine times out of ten, those things are, are, are they're very much intangibles because they, they are intangible and they often don't work. It didn't work for us anyway because we didn't come out with any great impetus at all. In fact, the first effort of the half is Doku who's in acres beats McAllister pulls back to Alvarez and his effort is over the top and they're not wildly over the top either um there are a couple of substitutions for us on 53 minutes um Jota appears to have picked up a knock that probably brought about one of them so Luis Diaz comes on for him and Gravenberg comes on for Curtis who as we've kind of touched on had been uh you know a, sh- a shadow of, of of what he's capable of and looking every bit a lad who hadn't played for a while um, on 54 minutes Haaland skied a half volley from a Rodri knocked down it's not a bad chance if we're being perfectly honest it does bounce up high but it's about when Haaland decides to take it um, I thought Rodri did well to provide the chance and it could have been done and dusted at that point if Haaland was more on his, on his game a decent block by Van Dijk on 58 minutes worth mentioning on 60 a good ball in by Dom led to a corner uh, Joel head out, headed that uh, Simicus uh, corner at Ederson in a tame enough way um, and then Rodri has a shot deflected off McAllister which goes narrowly wide immediately afterwards that led to a corner they had the ball in the net on 67 um, Ali spilled the cross against uh, in, 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 up in a challenge against the kanji now i've watched this a few times um and uh, it, it, when you watch it in slow motion it's quite definitive that there's movement of the man towards the ball without any intention of going or towards the towards ali without any intention of going for the ball so i think you know letter of the law there's no two ways about it but i i, I do understand i it, it, in the in the spirit of a lad who's as old as dirt I understand the way the game used to be played it does seem a bit soft Um, I'm just going to take you up as far as the substitutions of Cody um, for Dominic Sabozlai because I wouldn't mind getting your take on Dom as well Um, on 69 Rodri headed over a free kick um he was offside anyway, as it turns out. And then Darwin has a shot saved well from a Mo through ball. I thought that was a nice little bit of play, link up between the two. We've seen that a lot. The little ball down the side um, by Mo or by Darwin. In this case, it was Mo to Darwin. He's coming across from left to right and hits it at the goal, leads, leads to a corner. And at that point, we bring on Cody Gakpo for Dominic Sabozlai. Your thoughts on the impact Dom managed to have over the course of the game and Curtis and any of the other changes, as well as your thoughts on that? Uh, opening part of the second half Curtis was really poor let's just be completely honest about it Curtis was really poor Curtis also hasn't played a league game in two months since getting sent off at Spurs since then he's played three games Bournemouth in the cup he played against Toulouse in one of the games the first game and he played against Union St. Gelos he's played three games in two months and he hasn't played in the last month basically the Bournemouth game was the first of of November that's the last time he played football so he was always going to be a bit rusty um and I think because the game was a bit bitty in midfield like nobody really got a stranglehold in midfield I think he was a little bit thrown by you know how, how rushed everything seemed to be he wasn't able to find the, the pace of the game all that well um so Bringing him off was was the correct decision. Dominic 
Dominic was better. Dominic wasn't bad. He just wasn't good either. Like, he had a couple of really good moments where he did pick the ball up and drive at them, and he played a couple of nice passes, but he wasn't really able to impact the game the way he we know he's capable of. And a, a part of that is we're not, we're us not getting a real foothold in midfield for large stretches of the game and us being a little bit too ragged sometimes in our defensive shape and him having to try and fill in here, there and everywhere, not helped by the fact that for all Alexis does that's good, Alexis has zero pace. So Dominic is having to make runs to get back in and try and cover behind Alexis. And that type of thing is just going to sap your energy. He also takes on a titanic role when he plays for Hungary. And he was obviously trying to secure them qualification to the Euros. So Hmm. he might just be a little bit burnt out. He's played a ridiculous amount of football so far this season. Cy Brundish has highlighted that a few times, that he is on course to absolutely piss by his most minutes in a season. And he'll do it with a couple of months to spare this year. So there is possibly some some tiredness there with Dom. Um, I thought the Curtis or the the introduction of Gakpo was just a little bit of an odd one, considering you know. But you could see what Jurgen was trying to do. He was trying to go for it. It just it didn't seem to me like the most logical substitution at the time. If you're bringing on someone to attack from midfield, I, I would have just thought Harvey was a more not natural, because again, it's not a natural position for Harvey, but someone that's played there a lot more. Um, but to be fair to Cody, he came on and, and I thought he I thought he did well in, in spells. A couple of ro- like loose moments, but overall pretty good. Um, that that first ha- that first section, that second half, I was hoping we'd come out like properly fired up, like Klopp would have really like set a rocket under their arse at half time. And it was, there was moments where it looked like it was going to, to happen. And there was moments where we really did start to get the ball moving. And a big problem we had today was the ball was going to certain people and slowing down. And we weren't able to play at a tempo that we like to play at. And if we got into our tempo more often, I do think that defense can be exposed. Wolves got at them and exposed that defence. Arsenal got at them at times using pace and exposed their defence. Against Chelsea, their defence was ragged all game long because Chelsea managed to get at them and force them into decisions. At times today, it felt like we made the decisions for them in attack, like we were a little bit too passive sometimes. The, The Dominic to Darwin thing in the first half, as an example, like... That's you want Dominic shooting there. There's the one where Darwin has the ball running at goal, twenty odd yards out. Take a shot on or drive at that last man and let's see what happens here. Let him make a decision on can mm. he leave his feet to tackle you? And he lays it off to Mo. And there was a just there was too many little moments like that for me where we're breaking at them and you just want to see us take them on. Make them make that decision. Make them have to judge that tackle. And we're easing it off by laying it wide and working it back and working it across and letting them get set in their defence. And there is flaws in that city defence, but when you let them get set with their back four and Rodri sat in front, they're really, really hard to break down, especially when both fullbacks are playing as well as I thought they did today. 
Yeah, absolutely fair. And I want to get your take on the goal and get Harry's take on the goal. And then Harry and I will see out the rest of the match. So I'll be coming back to you for your final thoughts after this, Dave. Uh, and Harry can finish this out. But for now, let's just you and I go as far as the goal before I pivot over to get Harry's take on it as well. Because on 72, four minutes, Darwin does pick up a yellow in um, the first sign of some of the spikiness we're going to see later on, which is uh, by far the happiest I was in the entire game. Um, there was a chance for Haaland. He head, headed over a free kick in 75 minutes. We see a Foden diving around the place, um, uh, act, play acting on 76 um, in a challenge with Diaz. Um, on 78 minutes, Dave, Doku does us down the left again. Ali saves from Haaland from point blank range. It's good work by our keeper. It's a really, really, really dangerous scenario for us. Us, but what do you know? Within seconds, we've gone up the far end and done the thing that we were, I think, set up to do, which was to go and try and counter attack and find spaces. And we had one of those decisive moments, probably the only decisive moment of the match in front of goal. It was a lovely move and it kind of culminated with a pullback from Mo Salah into the path of the oncoming Trent, who's moving in from the right-hand side towards a central position. He takes the ball and finishes it beautifully across the face of goal, right into the bottom corner. It's, like I said, a moment of certitude, exactness, uh, not quite improvisation all, but just like I say, absolute... Um, certainty in what he was doing which was lacking all the way through the game as you've just highlighted so a lot to enjoy in that goal and and also we need to point out it does require the context that Haaland had two opportunities one of which was seconds before which he should have buried I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide (laughs) this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, yeah, Haaland should score. That's the moment I mentioned where it's it's really lazy defending by Joel Matip and he just sort of lets Doku go by him. Um, Doku does well with the centre and Haaland... It does what he can with it, and Ali makes a great save. The ball breaks to Gravenberg, and he'd been a bit of a mixed bag since coming on, like a couple of, showing what he was capable of with a couple of good driving runs. But then defensively, he was switching off. He wasn't tracking runners. But he picks that ball up, and he fronts up Rodri, who is without question, he is the gold standard of defensive midfielders in world football. And it's not even a competition. It's not like, 
oh, it could be Rodri or it might be someone else. It's Rodri and then it's a significant gap to the rest right now. And Grafenberg just shows absolutely no respect for the man and just runs by him, just powers his way by him, using that that lovely gait he has, that ability to drift, use his body, shift the ball one side to the other, and just strolls by him, plays the ball in stride to Diaz. Diaz stands up Walker. He just had that opportunity where we get that really good counter and Diaz blows it by underhitting the pass where he had Trent. And actually, I just want to highlight on that. That counter we had just before where Diaz is left, um, Mo and Gakpo are going right. Darwin makes an unbelievably good run from right to left and brings Nathan Aki with him. And we end up with Gakpo and Mo completely unmarked. And if Diaz just gets that pass right, we get a great opportunity. Mm. We blow it, go back down. Ball comes to Diaz again from Gravenberg. And he doesn't play the right pass again. Uh, maybe he does. He's He looks like he's trying to pass it to Trent. The right ball was to, was to Mo, which is who got the ball. But Mo had to come back on himself to get that ball. That then enables Trent to make his run. But the key to this goal is someone who won't get any credit. He doesn't touch the ball in the build-up. It's Cody Gakbo. He makes a brilliant run. He knows he's not getting the ball. It's that type of selfless run. Draws a defender with him, opens the space, Trent steps onto it, one touch and a brilliant finish. That's a goal of a midfielder. And we've been talking about this with Trent for a while now. I don't think he wants to be a right-back anymore. I think he wants to play in midfield. And the more he does stuff like that, the more you get drawn to the idea of how do we make this work by bringing Trent into midfield? How do we change this shape? Can we drop out maybe one of the front three, get Dominic playing wide on the left, almost as a replacement for Diaz, bring in a defensive midfielder and have that defensive midfielder and Trent plus Alexis plus Dom when he does stuff like that, and there was a couple of passes he played today as well, where you just like, I, I've said this before, I've made this comparison before. It's like watching Juan Veron back in the, in the 90s, strolling around Serie A pitches when that was the pinnacle of football, dictating games, pinging passes that no one else sees, but also arriving late onto the edge of the box Four goals exactly like that. That touch, that the, the confidence in that finish. Like, he hits that. He knows it's in. He's he's a way to celebrate before that ball has finished leaving his foot because he knows as he hits that, that's in. And the celebration is brilliant. Now, I will say, I'm not sure who he was shushing because the City fans hadn't made any noise. You could have heard a pin drop in there today. The only time you heard them, they were singing some sort of song about little old City or some old shite like that. And then they were singing a song about a fella that hasn't played for us in eight years. Yeah, they did the Jared song, the fucking dubs. Which is just a little bit weird. Yeah. Um. So other than that, so I'm not really sure, was he was he just telling them, you know, keep quiet because this is working for us. So if you guys can stay being <laughs> as quiet as you are right now, this is really good. And you'll all get a gold star in your copy books and a free plastic flag to bring home to show your family that you were at the game today. But it's, it's a brilliant goal from Trent. It really is. 
Mo obviously gets the assist off it. It's the the one positive Mo moment of the game. But all things considered, like we were fortunate that it was still one nil because they'd had those couple of chances. The the Haaland one that you you referenced that he blazed over the bar. Um, Rodri misses that header. He was offside, thankfully. Diaz had a half decent headed chance. I seem to remember. There was the the messing with Akanji and Allison. That Haaland chance just before the goal, like they'd had, they'd had opportunities, more opportunities than they'd had in the first half, but we 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 come down and we score, and it it kills them, it kills them. They don't look like scoring after that, unless we're going to gift them a goal, and our goalkeeper I think was trying his best towards the end. We absolutely took the wind out of their sails, and you could almost feel the energy go out of of. Guardiola on the bench and, and all of their players once that, that trend strike hit the net. Yeah, which is always a lovely, lovely thing to see. In fact, I thought Guardiola looked um, more than usually anxious and agitated today, uh, crouching all over the place, big stressed head in him. And, you know, it, 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 it's remarkable just to row in on the on the Trent thing before I turn it over to you, Harry, on the goal and get that briefly. And then you and I will see the rest of the match out because there is still some incident left. Um for, for for me, I guess where my frustration was coming from was probably heightened uh, annoyance because we, we're looking at a kid who is absolutely in the world-class bracket and was simply the best right back in the world uh, for operating at that level for a couple of years. And I find it so frustrating that, I don't know, there seems to be some uh, absolute dogged uh, determination to, to, to mess around with what was, uh, I think, our greatest source of goals, I think, demonstrably in terms of assists and also a real threat that people didn't know how to live with. And also, you know, you had a guy there who was uh, getting up and down that flank in a traditional fashion and we just seem to want to fuck around with it if he does if Dave's I think um, uh, instinct is right here and, and you're looking at a guy who feels like he has evolved into something else and needs to be played there well let him play there and let's buy a right back or let's play Joe Gomez who's been fantastic this year when he's been asked to do defensive duty uh, very solid and very solid going forward if, we, if, 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 if we're being perfectly honest in terms of his distribution his running down the flank he He's got a bit of pace about him. He's really solid on the ball. Let's do that. Let's move Trent into a central position. It just it, I'm finding it very frustrating. And as a result, I'm kind of frustrated with Trent. And I think that's actually fair, but also a little bit unfair. Harry, your take on the goal itself before you and I finish. Um, and again, in the context of Haaland with the upper, up, opportunity to totally kill the game, as Dave mm. says, the difference is he misses and we kind of do kill them in terms of uh, you know, pretty much flattening um, their any impetus they had. Yeah, no, I've, I've still got this. Um, it's one of my positions that like does get that people wound up from time to time. But I, I've still got this thing with Haaland where I, I still think he's a flat track bully, and I, I've not, I've yet to see the big. I, I just, I mean, he, he scored in a, another big game today, obviously. Um, but I just. There's just something that uh, like I, I find slightly lacking about obviously a, fan, a phenomenal goal scorer um, and yeah he had he had those chances and yeah if if, if he puts those away City are maybe uh, yeah two goals ahead maybe even get a late third I mean it'd be, be difficult psychologically to react to that having been in that situation so often 
Abietti had, um, and I, I think I think my frustration was similar to both of you. I mean, I, I, I mentioned that lack of bite, that cautiousness um, in the final third, which I was disappointed about because I, I acknowledged the the flaws in this Liverpool squad, this Liverpool team, uh, and the fact that there there does need to be some additional work done uh, in order to shore up certain areas and like really allow certain players to focus all their efforts on what they're actually good at when and a majority of them are, are good at attacking. So I was a bit annoyed that we didn't actually see more of that trust in their in their ability, more of a, um, I suppose, a, a freeness in front of goal, really, just to actually take that opportunity on, be a bit more decisive. I understand the caution. I understand the, you know, we've been told what this plan is relentlessly. Let, let's 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 you know, not not make any mistakes. Let's not be caught on the counter. Um, I, I I get that, but it was it was it was still a bit frustrating to see sort of the way in which we we held ourselves back. Maybe a lot of that was to do with the early start. Maybe it was to do with the the fatigue or even mental fatigue that a lot perhaps quite, quite a few of those players were dealing with. Again, like a lot of players on in City's side had had to deal with that as well, although they had a few who sat out the entirety of that break. But yeah, the goal itself, Dave mentioned the Luis Diaz like sort of miss it or under hit pass um, just just before that. Really frustrating because you know, when we had crafted these opportunities on the counter, um, when you see them ruined by an under hit pass, over hit pass, um, or players just not seeing the pass, it's really frustrating. The pass was very obvious to to Mo and yeah, to see him miss it was frustrating. So yeah, the fact that he was involved in that next. Um, move and yeah Salah ends up getting an assist just to stat pad and annoy annoy folks I'm delighted with obviously because he does he never does that usually Salah it's all, it's all very hard earned so um, someone somewhere is going to be you know, retweeting those stats um, like, uh, on their Mo Salah Twitter account and uh, yeah you, you love to see that sort of stuff Trent yeah it's feels like a compromise uh, that we're making of course and there's a, a number of compromises that we're making at the moment whilst we're without a sort of a first team six so yeah, the more you see him the more you would like to just not try and persuade him to defend each game which <laughs> seems to be where we are at the moment I, I would quite like to just go well you know what forget about that you know forget about that you, you, we, we will require some of that from you in the field but really let's just let's just focus on what you are good at because um, I, I don't like this halfway house that we've ended up in at the moment uh, especially when we've got uh, phenomenal creativity coming from um, well I could get that from Zaboshlai certainly so the goal itself is great lovely touch yeah touch and a strike clean strike early which we'd all been begging to see from a number of players throughout the game so mm. yeah it's delightful uh, he always seems to try and wind up fans whenever he celebrates to be honest um, whether it be a goal against Leicester who a goal against Chelsea he does seem to pick the fan bases that are most likely to swear at him after he scored so uh, <laughs> to go and shush City admittedly with 10 minutes what turned out to be about 20 minutes left to go in the game a pretty ballsy thing to do because it could have come back to bite him but uh, yeah very satisfying and you did mention that they were quiet on the day I'm, I'm sure he gets relentless abuse regardless of how quiet it might seem to us on the TV and there were definitely a few feed the scousters chance so always worth uh telling them where they can put that as well so yeah it's um yeah thoroughly satisfying to see him do that especially when you you did get the impression we could have lost that game yeah and we bring on endo and harvey uh, uh-huh. harry, harry yeah. for for 
Uh, for Darwin and McAllister, and um, there's still a good chunk of match left, and that's mm. 83 minutes. And then, of course, we know that uh, there are eight fucking minutes added. Now, in between that, there is a yellow for um, Trent, who <laughs> complains about a Joel tackle on Doku. I saw it first. I thought it was a perfectly clean tackle. I was looking away and making notes, and I could yeah, hear um, Gary Neville saying that it was actually a bad one. Um, but it was Gary Neville, so I, I, I wanted to run it past you, so you can give your your thoughts on that in a sec. But from that corner, Endo uh, heads the ball clear, um, so already uh, contributing something, I guess. Um, Akanji was uh, fouling him. And there's a free out. Uh, Silva picks up a, a yellow on 88 for giving out about play being stopped when they were in possession. And at that point, Harry, they add on eight minutes. And you're kind of asking yourself, how is that humanly possible? Because now we have another. It really felt like old school Man United third half shit where referees used to allow these uh, incredible bits of chunks of injury time when those chunks of injury time were always two, three minutes max in the old days. Um there's another yellow on 92 um, Endo this time I guess he's doing his job I guess that's what he's there to do come on disrupt block things stop attacks uh, Trent blocks a Haaland cross on 93 quite well it's a good moment on 94 there's a duck who pulled back to Silva Joel blocks that one um, and a couple of shitty clearances in a row two at least from Ali and on the last one he injures himself uh, he's hobbling uh, it leads to a corner from then uh, for, for them and on 97 minutes Haaland flashes a header right across the goal it's another terrifying moment at the end and I think the game ends with um, a ball forward by Gravenberg towards Luis Diaz who if he could have gotten his backward header right had two men hovering waiting for a shot could have been a lovely dramatic way to end nothing happens Harry but a couple of things I want to talk about there first of all there's the very real possibility now that Ali's got an injury um, there's also um, uh, the, the the decision to bring on those two boys at that time, I think, uh, was quite cynical and you'd have to say it worked. Um, so I think credit where it's due in, 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 in that regard. Um, and, and again, I guess our, our, <laughs> our determination to almost cock things up for ourselves today um, from the most unlikely of characters, um, Alison uh, Becker. Yeah, I think with Ali, I mean, you obviously we had that injury is not too too serious. Hopefully, it's just sort of he felt a bit of a twinge in his in his hamstring because uh, he, he's he's you know quite clearly a huge loss um, if he is to be out for a sort of prolonged period of time. We don't really want that to be to be the case. So wishing him well and yeah i'm happy him having an off day that leads to us getting a point at the etihad okay great I, I, him having an off day that ends up ends up costing us a, a sort of a, a match in its entirety that's obviously the worst case scenario so i'm glad he got away with it in the end to be honest and um the, the challenge by matip yeah was a it, it was a yellow card was a bad one actually I, I thought it was a dive actually in the um in the first instance but that just turns out that's just how quick that guy is uh, to be honest uh, yeah yeah, and, and I'm just getting clarification from Guy here over the uh, over the wire that it was just mm. I, I was going with Drury, which is probably not a great idea. That it was Trent who got the yellow. Um, it was actually it was actually the the, the referee called it correctly as a dangerous foul, like you're saying uh, mm. uh, on Doku um, by um, by. There, there was a wonderful Joel tantrum as part of that as well. Furious. Joel had a tremendous tantrum and started pushing his arms out as if he was trying to 
gesture like I got the ball it went that way no you didn't Joel it was a foul but, uh, but thanks for the tantrum though that'll be replayed endlessly <laughs> That's what you want. This is, these are the moments we're, we're here for, and really the moment that we all want to talk about. And 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 Harry, I'll let mm. you mention it in your wrap up thoughts in a sec because you're going to finish the show for us. And Dave, maybe you might start the the ball rolling with this moment in your wrap up thoughts because we did see at the end after the whistle had gone, we're panning around the touchline and we see people hugging and shaking hands and looked like a quite an aggressive little clasp there by by Guardiola and Klopp but he just fobbed it off he wasn't really just kind of looked at him and went yeah fine maybe he didn't mean anything badly by it but it looked like to me one of those little power play things that that prissy prick is always doing um anyway Klopp ignored us but Darwin didn't Darwin went over to him and Darwin was getting up in his up in his uh grill about something uh and the the fallout from from it is quite wonderful to watch because Klopo goes over and intervenes and he's absolutely tickled by it like he's just laughing at him um, we see Adrian getting involved and pulling him away but before that what I loved about it was McAllister does a kind of flanking motion he's just walking by in his match coat with his hands in his pockets and he's got this kind of avuncular paternal smile on his face going oh this fucker again <laughs> you know like he was just minding him do you know that kind of way Dave it was clearly he, he was there to mind yeah. him uh, which I love all that stuff, and I, I, I it's can't the James Milner role. I can't wait to find yeah, get, out what getting, it was getting the young fool away from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, want to know what it was about. I want yeah, to know yeah. what it was about. Yeah, yeah. It was it's, 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 start, um, start as far as wrap up thoughts. So, um, yeah. So uh, that's it, it's just a wonderful thing. I, I I don't know what Darwin was saying to him, but I agree with you on the pep handshake. It did seem like one of those like a kind of aggressive sort of just dickhead acts that Guardiola is, is quite common with. Um, other than that, the, the, the thing is you mentioned the stoppage time and we were all finding a little bit odd that there was eight minutes given, but Klopp didn't seem to react. Guardiola on the other hand seemed to be fuming about the fact that there was eight minutes, strange. almost as if he wanted the game to end. So I thought that was a bit strange. A um, couple of other things, just in terms of commentators, I started watching the game uh, on Optus Sport and I had the, the joy of Jim Beglin on COCOMS. And uh, aside from being wrong about pretty much everything, uh, the, the thing that struck me with Beglin was on the Haaland goal, he kept talking about the power that Haaland had put in the shot. He mishit it. It was a scuff. He what? panicked and he scuffed it. Yep. And it was the scuff that beat Allison because it bobbled. So Jim Beglin just being wrong with everything. But I did switch over because Beglin was annoying me to watch it on the Sky feed with Peter Drury. And I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off. I'm sorry. Look, he's better than Martin Tyler. But Jesus Christ, not everything needs to be described as if it's the Mona Lisa. Like Foden mania is not a thing. There's no need for how over the top he goes with these things. He must have spent the entire international break eating some sort of thesaurus that dissolves. Do you know in black books when Manny swallows the little book of Cam and all of a sudden he gains this kind of heavenly perspective? That's what it's like with Peter Drury. He eats the thesaurus and he ends up coming out with this utter wank. But I've been thinking over the last little while, Trev. So 
there's been some great teams from Manchester over the years. And there's been some nicknames for them, you know, for to represent the young players in the team. You had the Busby Babes. Mm-hmm. And then you had Fergie's Fledglings. Yes. And I was looking at this city team and I was thinking, well, Foden and Doku and, and Alvarez and Gvardiol and Haaland. There's a lot of young players in this team now. So maybe uh, such a name would be appropriate for for this city team. So I was thinking something like, you know, it's hard. Guardiola, like it does, there's no nothing that flows as well. Fergie's fledglings was good and Busby Bates. I was thinking like Guardiola's graduates, but then I was thinking, well, most of them didn't graduate from their academy. And then I thought, you know what? He goes by Pep. Everybody calls him Pep, so it has to be Pep something. And I was thinking, let's have a name that doesn't just incorporate the young players, but incorporates the entire squad and maybe incorporates him and the club. And the one thing that kept coming to my mind was that they are collectively maybe the worst gang of lads in football. <laughs> and with an ode to your father, I propose that we call them Pep's Parcel. <laughs> oh, I think it's fitting. It's tremendous. <laughs> I, I think it fits. Pep's Parcel. And that's my final thought. Two-footed, a daily ride every day. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Uh, Harry, your final thoughts, of course, get some Darwin in there if you can. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to upstage Pep's parcel, um, but in, 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 in terms of the Darwin, yeah, I just, I, I just appreciate the commitment. You know, we felt there was a lack of bark, a lack of bite, a lack of bite in his performance, um, but it's uh, it's never over on 90 minutes, isn't it, for for Darwin? So the fact that there's still a game to play uh, after full time, um, he, he he makes us aware of it, right? So the yeah, I, mean, I, I think Pep was complaining about. Um, some sort of holding at the corner where Haaland like very nearly nicks it for them at the end. Um, we've seen a lot of the usual sort of you know whining and sort of woe is me from a manager who obviously operates um, the footballing equivalent of the Death Star. So it's 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 hard to find a lot of sympathy <laughs> for him. Um, but yeah, Darwin took the opportunity to have a few words. And I think I think what I enjoyed about it was the fact that Klopp's holding him back and really struggling to stifle the grin uh, that is on his face of this this, uh, this guy who's having to sort of mould into this, uh, you know, from a rough diamond into sort of the finished product, um, like <laughs> having the audacity to to have a go at Pep. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, despite them being all friends and professionals, that, yeah, some of those handshakes have been rather firm over the years. And Klopp probably would have liked to have said a few words, but he's not really allowed to um, in the moment. So, yeah, Darwin doing it for him in a language that I think Klopp said after the game, he had no idea what was being said at all, uh, <laughs> is, is, is quite enjoyable as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do hope that uh, it was Darwin in, in Uruguay and and, uh, and Pep had no idea what was being being said as well. So, I mean, Pep's made no... no um, no issue of it after the game, which I enjoyed. Um, and uh, there's also a comment I do enjoy after full time is Guardiola. He was asked what he was doing when he was gesturing to the Man City fans. Uh, some more noise, he said. It's 12.30. Maybe we have to play better to encourage them to make a little bit more noise. Uh, so, yeah, I think <laughs> your, your points earlier on about who Trent was shushing uh, may be a little bit apt there as well, because Guardiola... Still, this many years in, having won, having won this much, uh, still struggling to get those uh, those fans very excited. So, 
in the end, perfectly satisfied with that point. I think given where we are in this process of, um, of this Liverpool team, the result is is, is a good one. The, the performance is a little bit frustrating. Um, and yeah, we, we, we take it and move on. Um, these games are really important not to lose in. Uh, and, and we haven't done. And we've got an opportunity to uh, have them back at Anfield and maybe get that win that we tend to have a better chance of doing um, uh, in front of the home fans. So, yeah, pretty satisfied in the end. Um, hopefully a couple of these players who've come back from international break and get a good rest now uh, before the next game and look a bit sharper. Uh, and Ali and Jota, yeah, hoping it's not too not too bad for either of them. 100% and from you this week, I assume we'll have an upcoming rival recon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wasn't invited uh, on anything during the international break, um, much to sort of my chagrin. Um, but uh, <laughs> just a one day. But, but no, yeah, there, w- there will be a um, there will be a pod um, ahead of the Fulham game, um, which is on uh, December third. I'm not sure about doing a raw in between then as well, perhaps for 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 Lask. Um, but yeah, there'll be another rivalry con ahead of uh, ahead of Fulham, which yeah, December third now. Tremendous, Harry. You're an asset. We use sparingly because you know the, this is what you do with your with your premium assets. Yeah. Uh, the, that's that's basically what we're. He was, all, he was also with. off. He was gallivanting. Hang on a second now. He was <laughs> off gallivanting, globetrotting, waiting for planes and jumping on jets and stuff. So was, yeah, just. There's just, just no way, no way to get in contact with him. So I, did, I, 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 I had that. covered, I had covered beautifully, Dave, and you just go and put it. I guess what's frustrating is that we're, we're going to, with, with Arsenal away at Brentford and Tottenham at home to Villa yeah. over the next few hours, they're likely to ease past us. So the table won't look as nice as it currently does, um, and the draw will be a little bit devalued. However, it is nonetheless, as the lads have both pointed out, I think quite wisely. Um, a very good result uh, given the circumstances given the performance given the overall context we do have a couple of things that we can hang on to there and we certainly the best part about it we didn't get beat by them these are all good things we'll hang on to them we'll celebrate what's good we'll be back with you on Raw very soon obviously for the European game in the week and for the next Premier League game uh, I'll be going toe to toe with Jan Mulby as always during the week um, I'll probably do some sort of a show with Dave Davis a lot of content coming your way you should be listening to Harry you should be listening to Dave and everybody else that we've got on the channel this was Raw I was Trev you heard Dave you had heard Harry Guy has been producing manfully in the background we'll be back with you soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.